Welcome to the Band of Brothers Cycling Podcast. In this series, we talk about the biggest races in cycling and how we prepare for them and give you some insight into the personalities within the team. Hi everyone and welcome to the Vuelta edition of the Band of Brothers podcast. Today we're chatting with Kian Utebrooks, our young Belgian climber who's competing in his first ever Grand Tour. So Kian, thanks very much for joining us today. Hello. <laughs> yeah. Thank you very much, Steph. And uh, thanks as always to you as well, Andreas. Hi, Steph. Hi, Kian. Nice to have you back on the podcast. So Kian, the first two weeks of your very first Grand Tour are now done. Give us a bit of an evaluation of your Grand Tour experience so far. Oh, uh, yeah, was a special experience for sure. Uh, also not the easiest experience because a lot happened during those first two weeks, like rain, crashes, echelons, uh, steep mountaintop finishes, like uh, mountaintop finishes in altitude. So, yeah, I think this Fuelta, we really had a mix of, of everything you could have in a Grand Tour. Uh, so, yeah, it has been pretty interesting. We, we had some, some highs and lows still now uh, so yeah till now uh, yeah was a really big experience and uh, yeah glad to be still in the race for the moment Kian every day when I turn on the TV I see you happily speaking to many many microphones so how's the media attention at the moment and also how's the pressure from Belgian media how do you How do you experience that? Uh, so yeah, for sure there, there is a lot of media attention and uh, on the other side, yeah, as everybody knows, Remco is uh, still taking a lot away from me, uh, luckily, so that's, that's nice and friendly from him. Uh, so, so from that side, uh, yeah, it's, it's still in a good, uh, good place, but yeah, anyway, there, there is a lot of attention and, and, and it takes also a little bit sometimes of the time, but on the other side, it's also part of the job and uh, it's not that it puts like a, a higher pressure on me or something that I feel more pressure due to to the media who expects or Belgian media who expects maybe like uh, some results or also now with Remco out of GC that, that, that I would make the result for Belgium. Let's say it's not that I feel more pressure for that. Um, so yeah, it's in my head. I live just like, like uh, I, I thought what I would do, want to do before the race. And that's trying to go for eventually a top 10 in GC. And um, yeah, I think uh, from that side, I, I try to keep it as normal as possible and not think too much about what others say of or think, but just to do my own stuff. Uh, yeah, as, as always. And, and also for me, it doesn't feel like a big difference to, to right here or uh, in another World Tour stage race for GC. Like I just look at it as, as for example, a Volta Catalunya. Uh, because if you would think uh, it's the Vuelta and I am now ninth and I want to keep this, then you would probably become crazy in the head. So uh, just keep it small and, and focus day by day. You're definitely the most smiling rider when speaking to journalists, that's for sure. Um, now tell us a little bit about this um, saddle soreness problem that you've been having. Tell us what kind of an effect does this have on a rider, particularly in a Grand Tour where there seems to be no respite. And tell us how this has affected you so far. 
Yeah, so indeed we, we had some saddle soreness problems with some open wounds, let's say. Um, so yeah, let's say it's it's really the worst place where you you can have a problem because uh, it's the most one of the most sensitive areas in the body. Uh, so yeah, you sit the whole race like literally on it. It's like like having a wound from a crash, but like sitting the whole day straight on it, and that makes that that yeah you cannot sit on your bike in the ideal position and uh, yeah your power transmission is a bit different as normal let's say because you you sit different on the bike and uh, yeah that makes it for sure pretty annoying during the race and 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 yeah it's it's just sometimes really suffering but uh, yeah then you need to think like other guys also suffer and just keep mentally strong and uh, yeah try to fight for uh, for for where you can came for to this race let's say and uh, in the end it is an endurance race it's an endurance race for the bike uh, we need to get to Madrid it's an endurance race for the body we need to get to Madrid so uh, let's say it's it's a uh, like a little yeah problem on the body but we need to try to keep it under control um, for sure making sure that it's not becoming worse uh, and yeah try to get it to the line in Madrid and, and uh, hopefully it doesn't affect too much uh, the performance in the next uh, days it sounds very painful and I, I really hope the rest day today was yeah maybe helping a bit Exactly. I, I hope so. I hope that uh, tomorrow we are a, a step forward and not a step backwards as some days ago. Talking about the race, so you're now ninth in GC while your teammate Alex Flasov is one position ahead in eighth. Tell us about the dynamic between the two of you in in the race and as teammates oh yeah i think in in, in our situation it's more uh yeah we are eight and ninth uh really surviving as long as possible because we have that that strong strong block of jumbo visma in front who is for the moment destroying everything plus a strong block of uae who uh, also makes the race like several times already pretty hard so uh yeah the thing for the moment is really just i think to make sure we are there in the final and uh, yeah once the attacks are going um, we cannot doubt and we need to react and or the guy who is who have the legs let's say to react needs to go Im immediately and and, uh, and look that he's in in the group uh, with the jumbo guys i think that's that's more the strategy for the moment because uh, yeah other strategies are really difficult to play now because it's just such a strong block that we have in in front of us so as you mentioned, you're now ninth in GC. If I would have told you before the race that you'd be in the top 10 of the Volta GC by the second rest day, what would you have thought about that? What would your immediate reaction have been? Uh, that would, would have been for sure extremely great. Eh? I would never have expected uh, that I could do this job till now uh, so well. Uh, for sure not if I, if I would have known that, that we would have those echelons and those rainy days and those problems. So yeah, uh, I would for sure have signed for this. And, and also like there are so many the good riders in this race, uh, the level or let's say the, the level of GC riders is so extremely high um, that yeah it's just amazing to be in between those names and if you see who's even behind us it's yeah 
it's really, really great. When we are going a few steps back, leading up to the Vuelta, you haven't raced since Nationals end of June, I think. What have you been up to in that time? How did your Vuelta preparation look like? Yeah, so indeed I was not just taking holiday from then on. <laughs> I was, uh, let's say I did some training camps in the in the Vogesen also, just to be also not too far from home, but just spending some weeks there that I could get my climbing meters in. Next, I was also like a period in, in Spain where I also was together with my trainer, uh, John Wakefield from the team, where we did some testings in his lab and uh, yeah, uh, made sure that the body was getting better and better uh, direction Vuelta. Also did there some, some recons together uh, for, uh, for the race, so for the Vuelta. Uh, and yeah, then uh, afterwards was the altitude camp And uh, yeah, then we were basically there already. So it was all, let's say, uh, in preparation of the race, yeah. How many stages have you reconned ahead of the Vuelta? We did like four stages. So uh, let's say the the key mountain stages, uh, except from Angliru, because it was a little bit uh, far away, let's say, uh, and also yeah, maybe uh, not the most motivated climb to do a recon of. <laughs> so, but like the Pyrenees stages and those ones we saw. Yeah, I, I wanted to ask about Angliru. Um, you've never been there. It, it looks like a grueling climb. Yeah, indeed. Uh, if you look to the profile, it's it's really extreme. Huh? Uh, so uh, I'm really, uh, yeah, I, I'm already happy that it looks that it will, will not rain that day. So that's already optimistic because otherwise probably we'd just drift away uphill. Uh, so yeah. Uh, and also it's in the third week. I think everybody will, will be completely killed already. And then to get up there, uh, yeah, the strongest will survive there or the freshest will survive there. And, and hopefully we are uh, and, and can, can still maybe move some spots. It's super steep and you, you will probably spend a lot of time out of the saddle, which might be good for you in the current situation. Might be the perfect climb for the moment. Yeah, <laughs> might be really perfect. Yeah, true. Um, so you were in Edstal with the team for a training camp just before the race. Tell us a little bit more about that. Um, how did the guys get along there and how beneficial is it before such a big race to familiarize yourself with the teammates heading into such a big event and spending some time with them to prepare? Yeah, so for sure, uh, doing an altitude uh, camp in front of the race is, is, is extremely uh, important. Uh, I think nowadays without you cannot do it. And uh, for sure to be there then already with the teammates where you will go uh, to the Vuelta is, is, is also really good because actually yeah, in the race you are three weeks together so you really need to understand each other. In the race you need to fight together against those other big teams. So yeah, you really be, need to be like a family family, and uh, yeah, really stick together. Uh, and I think uh, those things are made on, on those training camps. I think if, uh, if you are not like for a long period already together before the race, uh, yeah, you come with a different mindset uh, there. And uh, yeah, I think this is really like that one or two percent more that that makes the team the team stronger direction the race Kian, would you say your recent success is a result of this perfect preparation period um, leading up to the vuelta 
Oh, uh, yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, and also like trying to keep calm during the race, like, uh, but let's say in general, I try to, to control what, what we can control. Uh, so like nutrition wise and, and training wise, I try really to, to get everything out of that. And, uh, I think, uh, yeah, just trying to do everything perfect uh, makes makes probably the biggest biggest uh, impact on the success. On the other side, there are still like things that that I can improve or that I need to improve. So still some uh, improvement possible. Um, but uh, yeah, I think uh, as long as you control what you can control, uh, you have nothing to regret after. Now, one thing I wanted to ask you is you've become very well known for your happy disposition in interviews, even after the stages. Tell us, how is it possible that you're able to be like this after finishing a stage <laughs> of the welter? Do you really still enjoy cycling that much? Or is it like you're still living your dream? Is that why you're so happy yeah. all the time? Yeah, it is like that. Like I'm just enjoying what I'm doing. Uh, like in a race, I'm, yeah, I enjoy suffering actually. So, so it's maybe strange to say, but it's, yeah, for me, uh, okay, I would not say that I'm enjoying my saddle soreness here. That not at all. Uh, but like just suffering in the race and, and battle against those big GC riders, yeah, it's for me just like like in a dream. Uh, so, uh, so yeah, I'm enjoying every day and, and every day I can do a good job is, is something positive towards the future and, and makes me happy. So, uh, so yeah, for me, uh, except from the saddle stones, I have really fun uh, till now. Good to hear, good to hear. Now, ahead of the third week, of course, you're focused on the racing, but give us a brief lookout on what's happening post Vuelta. So what's on your schedule after the world? Is it a holiday? Is there some more racing? Uh, what are you looking forward to? Uh, let's say we didn't make a race plan yet. Maybe there will be something from the Italian classics still in. But uh, let's say uh, we, we need to look how fresh we come out of the Vuelta and also how how, how the saddle soreness problems are there if we need to take some rest for it probably yes and then uh, everything will depend if there is still maybe some racing in october uh but like i'm not a guy who will who will go directly on holidays like if i cannot ride my bike i will probably start running <laughs> or something like that because <laughs> i like to keep in, in some action uh, but le let's say uh, yeah from racing side uh, everything will be decided after the vuelta so, Kian, thanks very much for taking the time out of your rest day to join us for a chat. No worries, Steph. You're welcome. And we look forward to seeing you in action for the final stage of the Vuelta. Perfect. Thank you very much. So, thanks to you as well, as always, Andreas. Yeah, thank you, Steph. And uh, thanks for taking time, Kian. And, of course, all the best for this final week of the Vuelta. Thank you very much. And last but not least, thanks to you, our listeners, for joining us. We hope to see you again for the next episode. So until then.